welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Manny. And, uh, man, we got actually got a pretty busy schedule today, Manny. I wouldn't say it's busy. Well, it's packed. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, eh, hopefully we don't go too far over the time, but I think we might. Ah, uh, okay. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I was going to ask how your weekend was, but uh, considering we were at... Auto Club. We'll we get were. into it later, right? Yes. <laughs> so let's knock out a couple of these headlines real quick, and then we'll we'll talk about the track event. Yeah. So now with basically winter season for 2021 of anime is now going to be officially over in a couple weeks. And we are now entering spring season. Granted, some of the really best anime so far are about to end. Black Clover... Attack on Titan, quite a few others. So it's kind of sad to see it all going away. Yeah. Especially Attack on Titan. True. I still have to catch up. Where are you? Uh, Three. You're still on three? Or yeah. did you finish three? Still on. Still on three. Ooh. Well, see, that's the nice thing about my method is that I don't really expose myself to any spoilers because I guess I just don't follow the pages or groups that normally has them. And I'm able to just binge it all when I'm ready. I don't have to wait. To me, I don't really like waiting week to week or two weeks for an episode to drop. Bro, it's like almost done. Almost done. Just just get on it already. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I I I felt so bad for the last two episodes that came out. Um, for those of you that listened last week's episode, we mentioned that last week's episode for Attack on Titan was delayed due to an earthquake. And they were going to post the previous week's episode and this week's new episode back-to-back, um, which it was yesterday on Sunday because they air Sunday every Sunday. And boy, did it get really intense with the drama, and I felt so bad for Mikasa. But no spoilers there. No spoilers there. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, and Black Clover. Almost done, too. Yeah. That one actually, you know, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't think it was going to get as big as it did, to be honest. Dude, like, Latin, so I want to say the previous week's episode, not this week. This week's episode that just passed, but boy, did that ending fight between the Dark Triad, I, th- I forgot his name, oh, Dante versus Asta and Captain Yami, oof. It was a badass fight, especially with uh, Asta, how he made more in contact with his devil inside. He basically just sold off his arm to gain power. But that's all he could do. No spoilers. <laughs> it's, it's two weeks old. It's two weeks old, so we're good. But, yeah, I mean, now that we're going to be in, ending with those, right now I actually have a list of some of the animes that we're going to be seeing for spring. Uh, of course, My Hero Academia Season 5. And then, damn it, I forget. I keep forgetting how it's called. Don't mess with me, Nagatoro-san, or something like that. I can't. I, I have some friends that are just hyping it, but it doesn't catch my interest. I it can lo- never remember the name. For some reason, some of them have really, really long names, or just very weird names. Well, yeah, I mean, it's okay. it's it's another language, so a lot of them could sound very weird to us. But I just mean no, no weird at titling. How the, the how the titles translated. 
So now that I have a question for you since we're talking about this, what's the weirdest anime that had the... Oh, not the weirdest anime. I mean the weirdest title for an anime you've seen. The weirdest title for an anime I've seen. Or or you've heard, not seen. I Honestly, I still have to go with the ones that take three sentences or three lines in order to get the title in. For me, it would be, I want to eat your pancreas. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like one I'd like, though. <laughs> I, I never understood the, that choice for that title, honestly. But I guess it's not, it's not our choice. Yeah, yeah. No, just for me, it's just whenever I see them and they're three lines long because it's this ridiculously long title. True, true, true. And then now we also have How Not to Summon a Demon Lord Season 2. Oh, shoot. How many years has that one been out now? I would say a couple years, actually. Yeah, I feel like that one's been out a while. Like mm-hmm. the first season, you know? Yeah. And it definitely, I wanted more from that show. So I'm kind of happy and excited for the second season. Nice. And then we got Shaman King. I guess that's like a reboot from the original. Not too sure. I've never seen it, honestly. We got Fruit Baskets, the final. That's another one that is super, super old. And all of a sudden, they're bringing that one back. (laughs) Because you've seen the, the first one or at least clips of it. No. It looks like early 2000s, late 90s animation. Okay, so yeah, that is really old. It, no, it's yeah, it's it's old. And that's a huge gap to the point where that's just different art style and animation style at that point. Oh, it has to be. It really does, dude. And once you st- and I think in my opinion if if I was a fan of the show cuz I uh, I can't say I am cuz I haven't seen it, but it Probably wouldn't feel right just to watch these new seasons after that huge gap because it just feels so different. Or what do you? What would you think about that? I mean, even if those fans still watch it at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I I looked it up right here, and it looks like the uh, the original run was in 1998 for the manga. Oh damn. And yeah, so I was I was in the ballpark. the The anime first released in two thousand one, so it's, it's twenty years, dude. Okay, that's that's a really long time, man. The their original fans have long grown up. And then we have season two of Welcome to Demon School Iramukun. That one I actually enjoyed. It was very good on comedy and everything. So I'm actually excited for that one as well. And I know we're both excited for this one since I ever since I introduced to you Zombieland Saga Revenge. I don't know about excited, but I'd watch it again. I it's mean, it's entertaining. It's, it's like it's, yeah. it's one I would sit down and watch, but it's not one I would want to sit there and like binge the entire thing. I would. It's like a very, it's like a fun casual watch. Yeah, it's a fun casual watch. And we have Nomad Megalobox season two. I'm nervous about this one. <laughs> From the trailer, it looks like he just went rogue. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. And I think there's like some some slime spin-offs that I'm seeing right here, but I'm not too sure. Ooh. Eden Zero. Eden Zero. I'm not sure I recognize that one. Same creator for Fairy Tale. I 
think it has to do, it falls in some sort of a timeline with fairy tale, but I'm not too sure. Because it features some characters that were a part of fairy tale. So. Okay, so like uh, maybe another section of that universe? Something like that, yeah. Okay. Did you ever watch all of fairy tale? I've completed the manga, but not the anime. Okay, okay. That's one I've uh, I've always started and I enjoyed, but I can never get myself to sit all the way through it. Yeah, just because of how long it is, or some other factors. Um, I think because of how long it is, like it's not like I can. I enjoy it when I watch it, but maybe just not to the point where I want to dedicate that time to it. You know. Mm, okay. When I see it, I'll put it on here and there because it is enjoyable. It is. It is. Unless you just watch it for the fan service. No, no. <laughs> and actually, I think that's it from the most noticeable part of the animes. We have some ONAs, like some just original stuff, just some short stuff. We have like that, Um, what was that? The homestay, the homestay husband that's a Yakuza. Why do I feel like I've seen a preview for we that ta- we somewhere? Ta- we talked about it on the show. I just can't remember the name of it. Okay, so maybe you showed me a preview for it like yeah. uh, during our pre-record. Mm-hmm. And then we also have actually Kaguya-sama or not Love is uh, Love is War. I guess that's getting like a like a some extra ep- special episodes. Same with Damachi. And for movies, it looks like we're we're going to be seeing another Freight uh, Fate Grand Order movie. I need to get into Fate, dude. Yeah, I hear so many good things about it, and I just still haven't started that one either. Yeah. I think I watched, and I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember which one it was, like what season. Mm-hmm. I know it probably wasn't the first one where I should be starting, but it was really good. That would be Fate Stay Night, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the one I, I watched. I saw that, the whole season, but... that was That was an older one. And then they came out with a prequel after that, and that was Fate Zero. Okay. See, I think I watched Stay Night, and that that one was really good. Was it like with the kid with red hair and saber? Yes. Okay, so that was Fate Stay Night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fate Zero was really good, actually, though. Good starting point if you want to do it in chronological order, not by order of when they were released. Okay. And then looks like we're going to be seeing another Gundam movie, so that's going to be interesting. Hopefully we see that Mexican Gundam. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> what was it again? The Mexican Gundam. Yeah. Oh, dude, I think he had a sombrero. He kind of looked like a cactus or something. That's some funny shit right there. And he had the uh, what is it? The the sorape, like the multicolor. Oh, the, sor- the sorape. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a throwback to man. That was one of our really early episodes. That huh? was uh, shit. G Fighter Gun? No. Shit, what was it? God damn it. I can't remember the name. We were were talking about some obscure animes or something, and Mm -hmm. it was was one of the Gundam series where they kind of had, like, country representations of all the Gundams. And, man, were they, you know, just a little stereotypical. I'm really surprised the Mexican Gundam didn't have a mustache and shoot tacos. (laughs) (laughs) Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, if I'm correct, it was G Gundam. Okay, it, there was there was some there was some really bad ones in there. It was it was funny. It was definitely funny. 
And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just updates uh, for anybody that's interested. I mean, granted, there is more listed on the spring schedule, but most of those I've never heard. I don't know what they are, who, what animes they are. So I'm just no, uh, late listing off the most notable ones, in my opinion, at the moment. All right. Got it. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, you have something else up here on the board for uh, Sony. So this is interesting. Um, Evo is probably the largest gaming fighter gaming competition tournaments. You'll see Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Guilty Gear, Smash, like all the major fighting games all together in one tournament competition or anything. Okay. So the only reason why I know about Evo, in all honesty, is just because of university all my friends were into smash so we had like this gaming lounge where they would have three tvs and each tv had its own console and we would just rent them out for an hour and constantly the only tv that was ever always rented out was the one with the wii u just for smash okay yeah i mean they have whole separate competitions just for them right yeah Occasionally, you'll see the other TVs rented out, just like some obscure person just wanted to play some solo games or something, or just some random game that they already have on the in the student union building. But it was always the Smash TV that was always rented out, almost literally from the start, the start of opening hour of the student union until the end of uh, end of opening out, ending hour of the student union building. Oh wow. So it was constantly just uh, rented out. I think it was like five bucks an hour. So everybody was just pulling five bucks, five bucks with everybody. And we just have it like all day just rented out. A few times I skipped class in university just to be there all day, just to play Smash with all my friends and everything. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were days that I just felt like they weren't important for me to learn anything. So I just didn't care. Got it. But yeah, and... Stay in school, kids. <laughs> so the reason why this topic is coming up is because Sony actually uh, acquired Evo. They purchased them, basically. And for anybody that's interested on the Evo, what it stands for, it's Evolution Championship Series. Uh, series. I don't know where the O comes into play, but that's what it's called. Because it sounds techy and cool, Manny. Okay. <laughs> It's marketing, probably. I Literally, know. that's all it is. It, pro- it probably is, honestly. But yeah, so again, Sony's a Japanese corporation, so a lot of these games came from Japan specifically. And with that, it kind of caused some drama that now that Sony is the owner of this competition, that Smash was going to be taken off because it's not a Sony console game. But they made it clear that Smash will still be available and that all gaming platforms will be there. So it it's still going to be hold to its standard of gaming for everybody in the fighting competition rings. Yeah, just the Nintendo and the Microsofts use the smaller screens now. I would assume so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, again, Smash is a, the Smash community is very big in comparison to everything else. So if they were to downsize on that, I think they would just get massive backlash on that. And we'd have to do another segment of Weebs Be Mad? Well, at this point, we would get... How would I coin it? 
at the same time not piss them off. It's fine, Manny. Just go for it. Predators be mad. Predators. So expand on that. Expand (laughs) on that. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) It's a weird situation where we're seeing so many of these famous Smash players that are so well-known that they're just constantly being hit with sexual allegations towards minors in the gaming community. Some going into retirement, some going into hiding and everything. And I'm hold on, I'm still trying to wrap myself around famous Smash players. And just famous in the communities. Okay. That's what I mean. Famous in the communities. Especially the Smash community. Um, there's a Facebook group for SoCal Smash Community page, and I'm in it, and there's always talks about like in debates about situations that's going on in in like how these smash players are just like hit with allegations who's just doing it for the clout or maybe are they false and quite a few angry debates because there's been quite a few people trying to defend these people that actually uh, legitly actually cause uh committed sexual allegations towards minors in the smash community which is really stupid Wait, committed allegations towards minors. I, I was trying to talk too fast that I didn't know what to say honestly at this point. Uh, like, actually committed these acts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. That's that's obviously super bad. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, is there... Oh, I guess this is probably pre-COVID, right? Because, I mean, most everything can pretty much be done online, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm assuming even tournaments now can be done mm-hmm. online. So maybe the COVID situation kind of helps that. It it probably could help. We'll just have to see. I mean, we can't really stop um, people hosting their own home tournaments or local tournaments in their communities and stuff. Because uh, from what I've seen so far, because I've been to a few Smash tournaments, especially from ones that my friends hosted that I, uh, that their friends are from like the university I went to. And they actually register into a database where it actually keeps records for everybody of like how many wins, their percentage, win ratio, all that stuff, their scores and everything, uh, just so they can keep tabs, especially when they go into national competitions like that, if they want to. Okay, maybe they should have some kind of restrictions that if you want your record counted, don't have minors there. I mean, that's there's a, something that's weird about like, you know, like not to disparage like the gaming, gaming people, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, but. More than likely, these are adults getting those allegations. They're grown as adults playing video games and inviting children into their house to play. Yes. There, you know, there's kind of a limit. I understand it's a hobby. I understand you can take it very seriously it, and whatnot. Indeed, indeed. But, yeah, you can't be inviting children into your house or anything like that. That's mm-hmm. weird, man. It is. It it's is. not a good thing at all. That, that's why um, I also saw this meme just recently. And if I correct, it was Melee that it turned 18 and that the Smash players are throwing it away because it turned 18. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, again, with how big the Smashing community... The, not Smashing. Smash community... You're just making it worse, man. I know, I know. I know, you're, I know. You're I know. just <laughs> adding into this. But how big the Smash community is, if they were to downsize on the these platforms, it would just get backlash for Sony. And, yeah, I mean, we've had up and downs with COVID situation where Evil was not available to host their event in person. And this actually takes place in Las Vegas. 
Okay. So there are hopes that they can probably try to see something happen this year, but they were hitting some financial hardbacks. But with Sony now backing them up and the co-founders staying on the team as basically advisor, like uh, what's what's the term uh, when someone's like vital to this to the system? Basically, just it's just advisors, I guess, at this point to like stay on board and like keep the tournament in track of how they envisioned it with Sony's help. Okay. And yeah, I mean that's pretty much it that I have for that. All right, all right. Well, that's interesting. I mean, we got into a weird little tangent in there, but <laughs> it's it's a weird tangent, but it's a serious issue actually in the gaming community. <laughs> I mean, from what you from what you say, yeah, that doesn't sound very good. Yeah, you know it doesn't. Well, let's move on to our next topic. So we finally have actual photos of the production model of the four hundred Z. Now, you know, we've been kind of keeping an eye on it because I'm kind of hopeful that this is going to be a super killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it already is because it's manual. <laughs> we'll see that's by opinion and personal preference which you would agree oh yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely man but no i just mean i'm hoping it's a super killer in the sense that it's gonna actually beat it on the track mm. by the numbers by the by the data you know what i mean yeah so first step obviously we're gonna get more information as it leads along and everything mm-hmm. but it looks like here's the photos right here. You can take a look. These are the actual production car. This is the production model that's going to be produced. Okay. And one thing I kind of noticed is that it kind of doesn't look different from the concept, really. And the concept was actually nice, in my opinion. Well, yeah, it had a it had a distinct look for sure. But, you know, normally when you see a concept and then you see it's the production... Never how it, it lo- it's never how it looks in production. They always kind of dial it back. The concept's usually a little bit wilder, and then the production ends up a little bit dialed back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This looks pretty close to what we saw. Like I, I saw it, and I'm kind of like I thought it was like the concept picture still. You know? Yeah. I didn't think it was a production model until I started, you know, kind of reading it. You know? Yeah. So they kept it pretty close to there, which is a little bit surprising to me, but. In the flesh, it doesn't seem like it looks too bad. No, it doesn't. I'm not sure how I feel about the tail lights, but it doesn't look bad. It really doesn't. Don't worry. There's always going to be those aftermarket companies, R&D, and some different style ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, for all we know, this might be the next car you start seeing a ton of build, SEMA builds going for, you know? <laughs> just like how SEMA was just all Supras the other year. Yeah. <laughs> wide body super here, wide body super here, just everywhere. Get ready for wide body Z's everywhere. Indeed. Will they resurrect the trumpet community? We'll see. Ooh, that's interesting, actually. I mean, well, see, there's kind of like the uh, the whole debates going on right now. We still don't know 100% it's going to get that, you know, illustrious 400 horsepower, you know? Mm. And uh, a, bottom line, a bottom line price tag. Oh, it doesn't give any info yet on price so far. We don't have. I haven't seen anything that indicated a bottom line price tag just yet. Man, they are fucking cock teasing us right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So what what gets me is that if it gets to a point where it gets that 400 and it's going to destroy, you know, the Supras out there, mm-hmm. is Nissan going to charge for it? That is true. They are suffering from financial hard, uh, financial issues right now, too. Yeah, well, this could be either something they keep as a premium thing, charge a lot for it, make more money off of it, or is it something they kind of make available to the masses to where it's going to, I think it could potentially revitalize them, you know what I mean? Yes. You kind of want something you can sell in bulk, high numbers, high production. That brings costs down on everything. Mm-hmm. If you're able to sell a, a a high volume of units, you can mass produce and bring the cost down on everything. Definitely. So it would be nice. It would be really, really nice. Yeah, like I said, it, it all depends on Nissan's decision, especially since they are still suffering from a financial situation right now. Very true. But uh I mean I'm I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. This is one I would even consider like if I didn't have the Type R already, I would consider something like this. Okay. It's like the last, you know, you're you're actually having some power. They're no they've always been very well balanced cars. They're mm. still coming out in manual. You know there's gonna be a great aftermarket for it. I think it's gonna be a great car, but like I said, we'll we'll see what they end up dialing in with final numbers on everything now. The good thing is that we won't see the VQ committee trying to ruin this car because it's gonna be too expensive for them. Yeah, well, for a couple of years. No, I'm just throwing a joke. Oh well, for a couple of years, and it's <laughs> gonna get there. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's gonna get there. I know, I know. That's the sad part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of take a look at that and you know get a little bit of a a feedback into it. Mm-hmm. Getting look, getting our first look at the actual production model. Definitely. What else do I have written up there? I don't even know what I wrote. Something about a racing school. Oh, Bondurant. Bondurant? So, yes. So, I mean, this is kind of a piggyback from an older story. So, back in uh, 2018, uh, Bondurant Racing School um, actually filed Chapter 11. They went into bankruptcy. Ooh. Yes, and uh, they were because bought- of COVID or just other reasons. This is 2018. Oh, okay, never mind. So yeah, we are piggybacking then. Or 2017, I think. Oh shit! Yeah, this was a few years ago. So they they got bought out. They're in a. This is a track out in Arizona. Okay. Um, and I believe NASA does some track days there. Oh, okay. Uh, you remember our buddy Cash? Yes. He's he showed me several photos because he's raced Bondurant several times. I do remember he had like a racing license or something like that for Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um I think that's where he blew up the prelude out there. If I'm correct, it is. I think he blew up the prelude at Bondurant. But um yeah, they they filed chapter eleven, they got bought out, and uh, apparently they've been renamed. So they are now the Radford Racing School. Interesting. If you do not recognize uh, Radford, he is an older F1 driver. Hmm. Obviously uh, not our generation. <laughs> yes. Uh, he, he was really big back in the 60s. But um, I highly doubt, obviously, he's not going to be teaching or anything. But this will be his racing school out there. 
So it's a track that became a full uh, racing school then. It's more of a racing school that has their own track, and they'll oh. rent it out for events. Okay, okay. But the ra- the racing school itself is the track. They own it. Okay. Uh, similar to uh, um, Skip Barber School. Barber uh, Barber School. <laughs> uh, Skip Barber uh, Racing School. Uh, they actually filed bankruptcy, I think, before Bondurant. Mm. So this was like four years ago, I think. And uh, they were purchased by uh, Demon Motorsports. So it's kind of sad to see him go, but it seems like every time one does drop, somebody else picks it up and they're they're trying to keep it going. You know what I mean? Just keep it vital. Well, I don't know about keep it vital, but there's still passion. You know what I mean? Mm. There's still plenty of people with passion. And, you know, I don't know the business, obviously, you know, but... From what it seems like, a lot of these are really old, old, old established businesses. You know, there are a business at the end of the day, right? Yes. And if they don't tend to grow correctly with the technology and new marketing and, you know what I mean, getting appeal going, they'll tend to struggle. Yes. So maybe when they do file for Chapter 11 and, you know, they're able to walk away and be okay, obviously, Chapter 11, that's that's kind of the protections, right, they get. Yeah. They can walk away. They can be okay. Somebody else with the passion can go in and hopefully revitalize it. You know what I mean? Because that's one of the tracks I actually want to. I want to go drive out of state to go race at. Oh, eventually. <laughs> I mean, if you talk to Cash, it might happen. Yeah, yeah. But if I talk to Cash, it'll be like a random ass Wednesday. He'll call me and go, "We're going to Arizona right now." Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, Cash is like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to go there pre-planned. <laughs> Here's like an aerial view of the track. You can see they have like a pretty decent amount of uh, different configurations and pretty technical track. It looks really, really fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad somebody else took it over. It's still a racing school. It's still a big track. I want to go back out and, you know, actually get to experience this track. Go back out? You never went there in the first place. I've been to Arizona. <laughs> but, yes, I want to go out there and race Mondurant or uh, Radford Racing School. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting to see that going on. I mean, we already know, you know, all these kind of things are changing. Uh, Button Willow's getting a second track edition. Yes. We have Auto Club on the verge of being, you know, torn down and rebuilt for that short track from NASCAR. And, I mean, who knows if they're really going to have anything after that. Well, we'll just have to see what happens. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yes. But uh, with that, Manny, we got uh, some build updates, right? Pretty much. I um, pretty much... Very on my way, just like completing a full tune-up on the El Camino. Nice, nice. So you gathered, you did some parts gathering. I did a lots, uh, did lots of parts gathering on Saturday. Just went, like went battery, spark plugs, wires, and then starter. It was so stupid. Like they could have just told me what the which starter I needed. Honestly, at that point, it's like, oh, it's like which starter do you have? I was like, oh, I I don't know. I was like, oh. I, it could be either staggered or straight. It was like, okay, I'll just have to take it off then and show it to them. 
If they would have just told me it was a bolt pattern, I could have just easily told them right there. <laughs> I was like, but again, at the same time, it would my dumbass could have just asked them as well. Yeah, but I mean, when I hear that, like if I would have heard that, heard that, I would have thought of like something with the teeth going into the exactly. flywheel. Or you know that, what I mean? Like that's my that was my guess too. Yeah, like staggered or straight, like. I don't know. That that doesn't sound like you'd be referencing a bolt pattern. He mm-hmm. could have just said, well, is the bolt pattern to your bell housing staggered or is it straight? Yeah. That, so, and that could have just been a quick peek underneath. Oh, yeah, this is what it is. Yeah, pretty much. So I took off the starter. Well, I, I still worked on Saturday. And I just asked my dad if I can just like went to an early morning delivery and just asked him, hey, look, can I just at least after I come back, just let me get a chance to take off the starter run a do a quick trip to the sh- uh, to JM Speed Center which is just basically like a parts store for like hot rods and classics so if anybody's interested it's located within the dealerships here in Riverside behind the Chevy dealership yeah the auto market mhm that's pretty much if you run a 350 327 302 block any small block Ford or Chevy old old motor than Mopar's Mopar as well. Yeah, but those things never run. So. I know, I know. <laughs> most of the not, not that they never run, but most of the time it's always Chevy small blocks and Ford small blocks. Pretty much. And so, if anybody has classic cars, you can uh, you guys can always check them out. They're really nice people and everything. They'll they'll work with you on what you need and everything. And yeah, so I went there. Got the starter, got the spark plugs. What else did I get? I also got that uh blank that heat shield blanket for the starter and everything. Mm-hmm. And what else did I get? I know I got something else, but I can't even remember. Valve covers and valve cover gaskets. I have not got the chance to install those yet. Uh, that one's gonna take me some time, just because one valve cover currently on the El Camino is just caked in silicone and sealed. So. I don't know why. It was it's it's a very excessive amount of silicone on that just one valve cover. Somebody didn't know what they were doing. It they probably just drank a twelve pack and just started doing it. <laughs> That's a possibility too. But yeah, and also a new battery as well. Okay. Uh, pretty much just was wrenching the whole day. It was the spark plugs probably took me the most amount of time out of the day. Just because of the camel hump along tube headers I have, just very hard to reach around and try to access the spark plugs and everything. Yeah. And boy, were those spark plugs roasted. No tips missing, right? No, actually, okay, no. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I made sure to inspect all of them just to be sure. Okay, good, good. So no tips were missing and everything. So spark plugs in, starter in, uh, battery, and also, oh, I also did the fuel filter as well. There you go. Fuel filter was really easy. I mean, it's just located right outside the carburetor. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's the easiest thing to do on any car. Once you've done one, you're like, oh, I can do this on any car. It's (laughs) so fast, man. Yeah. And so next plan again, like I said, valve covers and the gaskets. No more of that janky shit, chrome shitty looking ones. The the basic bitch generic Edelbrock valve covers. You did have a lot of chrome in that car. I did. I did. The oil pan was chrome. I swapped that out. <laughs> I mean, chrome is nice, but who the hell is going to look at an oil pan? 
I'm going to inspect that thing every time now. <laughs> <laughs> this man. I better be able to see my face in there. <laughs> and I think my my next goal is just the wiring. I do want to actually get a brand new brake booster. Okay, a brake booster? Yeah. Replace it with a brand new one. Okay. Just for cautionary? Just for cautionary and just like give me a chance to actually have a fresh new brake fluid flush and everything. Okay. So get your uh, your master cylinder and everything too? Yeah, everything. The whole works. And once that is all done, I think I'll be ready. I think I'll have that peace of mind where I'm ready to actually install the EFI kit that I have sta- on standby. There you go. That would be nice. Because mm-hmm. you got the Holly one, right? The Holly Sniper. Okay. Yeah, that would be really nice. Mm-hmm. So you're going to do that after you redo the wiring? Yeah. Okay. Have you started looking into if you're going to... Well, I I hope you don't go in there and just rewire the whole thing yourself or you're going to buy like a a plug-and-play kit. Even if I buy a plug-and-play kit, I still won't know what I'll be doing. Well, I can't... I don't know shit about wiring. Fair enough. But Fair yeah, enough. That, that's pretty much it for my updates on that. Okay. Well, let's get into uh, Sunday. Sunday. So, Sunday was the... Church event. Yes. <laughs> yes. My church, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Sunday was the uh, NASA Auto Club Speedway event. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, this was supposed to be Manny's first track day. and NASCAR had to ruin it. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so... They wanted to be, and you know, if you guys heard the last episodes, they wanted to be uh, extra safe and Auto Club required, or I should say they didn't require, they negated any in-car instruction. So NASA's HPDE program is is honestly one of the better programs to start off with for the beginners because they make sure you start with an instructor in your car. Mm-hmm. And they can correct you on so many things, and you learn so much faster that way. But unfortunately, with the COVID restrictions at Auto Club Speedway right now, they were not able to do that. And uh, being uh, Manny's first sport car, pretty much, right? Yes. Um, And no other previous track experience and stuff. He decided better to the, to cancel, and we'll try again later on. Hopefully, uh, what was it, June or July? I can't remember which of the months. It's just one of those two, but the next NASA event at the Auto Club Speedway. Yeah, and, and hopefully by that time we're a little bit more back to normal and we can get you know a good instructor in the car for Manny. I hope so because, of course, the with the summer heat, it should get better. Yeah, I mean we're we're on our downturn. Millions of people are finally getting vaccinated, so yeah. Hopefully, we'll be better by then, and we can finally start racing with a little bit less worries and restrictions. Because I mean that's the only reason I'm in it. For. <laughs> but nonetheless, I was allowed one crew member, and I brought Manny with me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean the whole day I was wrenching on the coming. I was just waiting for you to text me if you were still wanting me to go with you or not. Until you like messaged me like at what eleven p.m. at night, I think I think so, and I forget what I was doing Saturday. You were gaming. 
No. You told well, me you at were night, at night, yeah, but I mean during the day. Oh. Uh, I don't know. During the day I was doing something and I was busy, but yeah, so it's one crew member and uh they had us pre-register and pay. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that was an auto club thing or that was like uh NASA trying to recuperate the refunds. Yeah, trying to re- recuperate the lost uh revenue from HPD1. <laughs> Which, you know, it's fine, whatever they have to do, you know? But, uh, yeah, so we got out there pretty much right on time. I thought I was, I was running late for being early. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you texted me, like, the night before. I was like, yeah, I want to try to be there at a certain time, so I'll probably be there, be at your place to pick you up. And I'm like, it's getting close to around the time that Tony should pick me up, and I got to take a massive shit, so... I'm trying to get that, get my business done, and the next thing I get a text message, it's like, oh, I'm running late. He's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you were stressing me out on the toilet. <laughs> I wasn't even there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, we were a little bit late for being early. We had our roll in, and uh, we got a hold of uh, John from 91 Octane Podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up parking out there by him. Uh, Jaime wasn't there yet from FF Pod mm-hmm. or Race FF Pod. Um, but yeah, we kind of just checked in with him, park, parked over there, and set up our little booth, you know. And uh, what was your first impression, kind of like driving into the event, like rolling through the pits and seeing, um, I guess the diversity of the cars. Uh, traumatized when I saw that Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I drove you right by there, too. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yes, so there was a Mustang that had wrecked the day before. Uh, so we tried to gather as much information as we kind of could mm-hmm. uh, regarding that event. From what we gather- gathered, it seemed that this guy was not a NASA driver. He had a competition license from somewhere else, some other organization or school or what have you. And he was actually driving in HPD3. Which NASA put him on there because they didn't care if he had a competition or license. From our understanding, maybe. Yeah, from our understanding, I from what I, from what I heard, I guess from the instructor and from other people, I was kind of trying to like fish around for information. <laughs> It, it seems like uh, he was driving in HPD3. Now, whether that was NASA just saying, like, you know, oh, you got a comp license from so-and-so, cool story, bro, we're putting you here, or whether it was that uh, he was too late to register for one of the competition races, mm-hmm. and he was just here trying to get some extra seat time or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that could have been it, too. He could have been here just trying to get extra seat time to prep for a different competition somewhere else. Yeah. Nonetheless... Um, apparently he, from what it sounds like, didn't even break and just rear-ended somebody going into the corner of nine. Mm -hmm. And I think there was more than one car that got involved. From what I heard, there was more, more than one car. And I believe he was actually injured. That part I haven't heard. I have not heard anything on the status of the driver. I think the Mustang guy was injured. The, The Miata guy, I think, was okay. Because the Miata was one of the other cars that got hit pretty mm. hard. I tried to take pictures of the, I think it was the Mustang getting towed away. Yeah. <laughs> but that thing was really, really bad. 
And yeah, it just so happened to be the luck that I had. I kind of went out to the outskirts of where everybody was kind of like setting up and, you know, unloading their cars. Make a U-turn to drive Manny right past the wrecked Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> from I think well, from what we also heard, he was banned from any NASA event, correct? I would imagine so. Or, or what we would imagine. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, NASA seems to be pretty stringent on safety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they. I'm pretty sure something like this, they're not going to let you back. Yeah. Especially because coming from one of the instructors, he pretty much said this guy had no business being even in even in HPD three with them. That he hadn't, you know, that was an obvious error. There was no signs of like a mechanical failure that caused it. Like that should not have happened. Period. Kind of thing. So there, the speculation that maybe he should have been in two instead of three. Yeah, well, speculation I guess is that he should not have had a comp license. Okay. But, you know, that's, who knows, you know what I mean? I don't want to say bad about other organizations any either, you know what I mean? Who's to say how he got it or what could have actually happened, but this was the best information we can pull from what we gathered. Yeah. All right, so traumatizing first. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was next? What was next? I mean, just seeing all these cars is like, it. it was... It, it left a very good impression towards me in what I feel like, because you have you guys have said it so many times, NASA does a really well job at like hosting and organizing these events and everything. So just seeing all these different levels of people and their tier systems for the HPD programs and actual competitions, like it was, even though I didn't get the chance to participate it was such an overwhelming experience to actually witness all this in person. Yeah, and I, and I know I've mentioned it before, but it's like you see every level of racing there. Mm-hmm. You see the guys that, uh, you know, they're great drivers, full enthusiasts, and they're building to track and race on the budget, you know? And if you, uh, if you guys haven't listened to Jaime's Race FF pod... He does a great kind of like timeline of how he found his car, fixed it up, got it ready, got it prepped, and he's able to do it in a very modest budget. So like when people are going out there thinking they have to like have this crazy fast, crazy expensive or, you know, blow all this money to go racing, you really don't. And I think, you know, Jaime is kind of like blogging a really nice journey into how you can accomplish racing on a budget, have a blast, and learn and grow as a driver at the same time. Yeah. Now, then you can drive by and you can see tiers go up into more expensive and more, you know, obviously a lot quicker and all the way to the point where, you know, you see full-blown exotics out there racing wheel-to-wheel. Yeah, we definitely saw a few. Yeah, and there was also like the uh, Audi R8, Mm. And that guy had full, you know, the full plastic windows. He had gutted that whole thing out. You see sheet metal pieces and custom racing vents. Like, he literally chopped up an exotic to do this racing. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, man, what kind of money do you have to have? You know, there's buying an exotic car money. Well, 
and then there's chopping one up and beating it up at the track. From what I've seen, I mean, the Audi R8 is not com- expensive compared to all the other exotic cars. True, true, true. That's true, but it's still, let's say you buy one, right? New, they're what, at least 100 uh, I'm going to say around 130 130 Okay, so you take a $130,000 car, and then you rip out all that carbon, beautiful carbon fiber dash, all the interior. You chop it up with sheet metal patches and exhaust. <laughs> and then you go beat the fuck out of it on the track. Yeah. That's still a pretty high expense. It is, it is. <laughs> Um, I believe there was the McLaren out there. Yeah, I saw a few. Yeah, there you know, there's every single level of tier out there. And it's it's always pretty fun to see the differences and then see the different run run groups going, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. So you saw the different cars, what else? And not just like all the different cars, but like like the levels of like different instructors and how they approach everybody and everything. Yeah, everybody's pretty friendly. Mm-hmm. I think you got to sit in in one of some of our download meetings, right? Yes, I did. I mean, they're not the funniest things, but informative, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so as we got set up and everything, um, we did, you know, pop the temp- tent up and everything and get our folding chairs going and we finally saw Jaime. Ah uh, yes, it was my first time f- uh, finally meet to meet Jaime in person. Yes, he doesn't think you're Leo anymore. I, I always <laughs> thought that was weird. <laughs> the moment he told me about that. I think it's because we did an episode with Leo and then uh No, an episode with Jaime and then Well, I think we did the episode with Jaime after. Uh-huh. And Leo reached out to him on Instagram and for some reason Jaime made made some connection that you know, it was oh, he heard me on the podcast or something. He thought it was you. Yeah. So that's hilarious. I giggle at that every time I think about it. <laughs> giggle. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to really hang out with Jaime too much this time. Yes. He, he was having some a uh, little bit of car troubles. Belt issues with the alternator and everything. Yeah, yeah. So he has a good coverage on his podcast if you guys want to listen in more about that. But unfortunately, we didn't get to see him too long. But fortunately, we took his garage. Uh, yes, yes. He was gracious enough to uh, let um, us and uh, and John from 91 Octane uh, use his garage spaces. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Made for some nice little pictures and stuff and good little area to park after we're done because it was right next to where the download meetings were. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, so after that, well, before we ever got to the garage, I guess, um, me and John, we took off for our first session. And um, the first session, you know, is usually your warm-up, you know? Get the get the car kind of warmed up on the tires, Get the, make sure the track's nice and warm, you know? I believe our sur- first session was until like 11 o'clock, 10.40, 10.50, somewhere around there. It was close to around that time, yeah. Yeah, so luckily there was groups before us to keep the, get the track, start getting the track hot, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think I was the first one out on that run. From some of the pictures we saw, it definitely looked like you were in the first group. Yeah, I think I was the first one gridded up, waiting to go. And uh, so we took off. 
And like I said, like I went into I went into this with my goal being to shave two seconds from my time. Yes. Um, my last best time was a two o two. I've been to the Roval two three times now, and I just I'm just working on what I want to get more familiar. Obviously, the more I'm out there and and practicing my awareness and watching everybody and stuff, it, it's great. It's good seat time. I'm building confidence, but that specific track I feel pretty comfortable at. I just felt there was so much more I could do, like better in the turns and stuff. And obviously, uh, being a sissy. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being a sissy on that bank. <laughs> so we start the first session. We're, um, you know, I'm coming around and I'm getting, I'm getting myself comfortable about two or three laps in or so. Uh, I hit the traffic from the back, you know, from the the slower cars at the end, right? Yeah. So I'm in this traffic, and who do I see barrel past like four cars <laughs> on our right? Was John in the E36. <laughs> <laughs> like, out of nowhere, he came and just, I think he was trying to uh, blow by and just pass everybody up on that straight. I was still kind of like in my getting settled in mode. So I just kind of let off and I just sat in the traffic. But he went past us. And uh, when we got back out on the main straight, I was able to get behind him. And honestly, that was actually really fun because then I believe for the next three or four laps, me and John actually got almost the track to ourselves. Like we were both able to actually get some good speed going, you know? Yeah. And, um, I guess maybe that attributes to being comfortable with John and knowing him and everything. And we kind of, we can push each other a little bit, you know? So we had both discussed previously that we were both kind of sissies on that bank. Yeah. And that we both needed to try to commit this time around. So when I finally got behind him and we're coming up on the straight and we're approaching the bank, he's still pretty buried into it about 125 127 and he's still going at it i was ready to lift but i was like nope john's going i have to keep going <laughs> so it kind of pushed me to follow him like i didn't want to you know the little bit of competitive i didn't want to get left behind right there <laughs> so i actually kept on the gas kept up with them and uh i i was actually able to pick up a little bit of uh line work from him oh okay so the last four corners or so before the straight, uh, he does pretty well. Like, he does those really, really well. A lot better than I did. And just kind of being able to follow him a little bit and see where he kind of turned in at and the speed he was able to do it. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure my car can handle that too. Like, after kind of seeing the way he did it, I kind of mimicked it a little bit. And it helped me out a lot. It did. It did help me out following him a bit. Not bad. So uh, towards the end, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable and I'm kind of starting to like pull into him and then have to back off and pull into him and back off. Um, mind you, I had already beat my best time by this point. My timer had already flagged me at a 159. Uh, mm. So I was already excited and I was just trying to push it a little bit harder. So, you know, John let me pass. And um, I went in front of him and I was able to come down and finish the first session with a 158. Damn. 
Dude, I came out of there with the biggest grin. <laughs> we pulled into the into the garages. I told him, dude, I got I, that's it. I fucking you know I I made what I wanted to do for the day, kind of thing. Like I was almost like, fuck it, I'm going home. I can't. <laughs> I don't want to fuck it up now. <laughs> but uh, you know, once you kind of already get what you wanted, everything else is just extra you know what i mean yeah. it's just that little bit of extra so i wasn't super concerned about making anymore because i got it that's what i wanted you know we did the download that's when we met up with you for like five minutes yeah you did <laughs> did you uh chill at the area did you walk around kind of do some exploring of the other garages no i just chilled around just looked and just looked around and seen all the cars passing by getting ready to go on the grid and stuff yeah Oh, so you kind of just saw like the the cycle. Yes, the, the cycle. Cycle guys coming in, guys going out, mm-hmm. getting ready to go. Okay, yeah, and we were pretty close to the grid. Yeah. So you're kind of able to see which cars were lining up next and stuff, huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah, and the first two sessions were like back to back, basically. Mm-hmm. Like we really, because you know, after each session, we have to attend a download meeting. Mm-hmm. The download meeting, they kind of talk about, you know how the session went, if there was any issues or problems, and then try to like make sure everybody learns from it and make sure everybody stays safe. And then they'll give you a card, and that's what allows you to attend the next session. Yeah. So, like I said, ours the way the schedule turned out, it was almost by the time we were done with that download meeting, we had a few minutes, basically, and then back out for session two. Yeah. And uh, for session two... Um, I don't think we really got to drive, me and me and John. I don't think we got to drive together in session two too much. I think just for where we ended up on the, on uh, the grid. On, grid. on the grid, yeah. I ended up behind this uh, really ridiculously loud Mustang. <laughs> I thought he had a little bit more speed to him. Like, you know, he had his own custom little uh, deck lid logo. Yeah. That had like something racing on it and stuff. Um, had a lot of power, but just, uh, couldn't really do it in the corners and stuff. And, oh, he actually freaked me out a little bit. And like later on, I found out that I was allowed to pass in the bank. And I don't know if it was maybe just a speed venture thing from the last time I was there, but in my head, I kept imagining that I wasn't allowed to pass in the bank. I had to make the pass before the finish line. Okay. So I was following that orange Mustang and, you know, obviously I can't pass him on that finish line area because he has way more power than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're going into that bank at 130, 130-something. And I'm re- getting ready to follow him in there. And, man, he drops down to, like, one ten. It was sketchy as hell. Because <laughs> I was thinking I wasn't allowed to pass him on the bank, so I kind of lift... And I'm lifting and I'm lifting. I'm like, he's still breaking. Why is he breaking? <laughs> so uh, later on, I found out that, you know, they didn't mind if we passed on the bank. And I was kind of like, damn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he I, I, maybe, you know, obviously that's nervousness. But he ended up doing like 110 through that bank, which was very, very slow in that car. Yeah. But uh, I finished up... Uh, Second session was really good. Second session was really good. I um I finished up at 
a 157.8. So you even shaved off more time. Yeah, yeah. I shaved off a little bit more time. Like I said, it, as I get out there, the more comfortable, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm practicing what I need to be practicing and, and just trying to get a little bit more each time, you know? And uh, ecstatic. <laughs> I was absolutely ecstatic. And um, I believe that's when John called it, right? John did call it at the, uh, after session two. Yeah, after session two, he had a uh, diff issues. He had some diff issues. He had some issues going on with his car, where you know it, it was probably better to call it so that he can assess the problems at home. Yeah, and uh, I w- I won't get too much into like uh, John's time or you know his issues. I think if you guys want to listen to that, go check out his podcast. Him and Randy at ninety one ninety one octane. Yes, yes, and uh, they actually did Saturday and Sunday, and uh, Randy's first track day was Saturday. Congrats, Randy! And uh, so I'm sure they're gonna have a really good story for him, for for his first track day out there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that uh, John built a f- solid car, and he was pushing that car really hard, man. Mm-hmm. He did, he did really, really well. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see where he ends up, how how he ends up growing with that thing, it's gonna be great to see. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we had lunch. <laughs> that was lunchtime. Yeah, lunchtime came around and Tony asked for tacos at Carl's Jr. I was hungry. I was hungry. They they need to accommodate me with more food. <laughs> Even though it was a Jack in the Box right next door. I had it on the brain, man. I had it on the brain. <laughs> That was so funny, though. We're just looking at you. It was like, what the hell did you just ask for a Carl's Jr.? I'm hungry. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's a good thing they didn't have tacos because I probably would have overate and not been able to drive afterward. <laughs> don't worry. Session three, you don't have to worry about driving too much. Yeah. Rookie mistake. So, session three, I, you know... I guess my brain was more on food than it was. I should have just got the tacos to alleviate my brain. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your brain was more focused on the girl that was in front of you. Oh, on session three. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about before going into session three, it had to be the food, man, or something, because I made the rookie mistake of not checking my gas. <laughs> and it it was just... Session three to me was a wash. <laughs> so, you know, we ate, we had a good lunch or whatever, and uh, I went to the restroom. And while I was in the restroom, they made the announcement for our session for our group to go to grid. So I hurry up, get out of the restroom. By the time I get to grid, I'm pretty much at the back of the line for the because they do like kind of like a fast line and a slow line. It's kind of like be your own judge. Yeah. Which, you know, that's one thing I will say that's really, really, really nice about um, Speed Ventures is they don't let you be your own judge. They're a little bit like, what's your time? Nah, you go over here. <laughs> so it's nice because you they grid you by time. Mm-hmm. And when you're grid by time, you're kind of able to actually kind of push the car with people close to your speed you know what i mean yeah which one makes it really fun to find somebody you can kind of like go heads up with in a sense you know what i mean 
And two, it helps out so much for traffic, man. And then three, it's always really nice to when you pull in. And as you pull in and you kind of drive to the front of the line, you get to go, oh, I'm faster than you. I'm faster than <laughs> Which did happen because if I could recall, you actually passed every single car. I think so. Now, given it was a s- smaller run group than normal, mm. I think because of the COVID thing, you know. But yeah, I, I don't know if anybody was I don't well, obviously I don't think anybody passed me the day but I think me and John were probably the probably two of the fastest if not the fastest guys there at least in that run group obviously fucking NASA has some fast people everywhere else yeah <laughs> but yeah that's that's what's nice about speed ventures they do grid you by time and that man it saves on traffic it saves on so so much but NASA it, you know, they're really great with everything else, but with their grading, it is kind of like self-judgment, first come, first serve. You choose whether you think you're in the fast side or the slow side. Either you're confident or you just have ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up at the back of the fast line, and I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll fight through the traffic, or if I have to, you know, and I've done it before. If I have to, I will pull into the... Um, into the pits just to create some space. You know, uh, you pull in, slow down, watch the traffic get, you know, get ahead of you a little bit and then pull back out so you don't have traffic directly in front of you. Yeah. And I've done it before. Sometimes you need to do that. You know, there's no need to sit there and, and get and waste your entire session just in traffic or frustrated, you know. Give it a couple laps. If it doesn't clear, then you go into the pits. Get frustrated and start relaxing and then called out for that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so we get out on the third session. And like I said, I'm in the back of the fast line. We get our first lap in, second lap. Everybody starts heating up. I'm behind this. Um, it's a it's a TT or an ST2, if I remember right. Which is, I believe that class is fairly fast. But the car is built there. Obviously not the driver. The driver's in HPD2 with us. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's a car that was shared. You know what I mean? Maybe one person is in HPD2. The other person is using it for... the. I forget if it said TT or ST on it. But it was TT2 or ST2. And uh, so I'm, I'm sure it's a shared car or whatever. But it's this has a crazy uh, livery on it. Giant arrow. Fully gutted cage. E46 M3. And uh, man... I mean, I couldn't drag race it out on the straights. It, you know, it had enough power to to keep in front of me, you know. But as soon as we hit a corner, it literally became driving with Miss Daisy. <laughs> like, and, and it's, you know, and, you know, you'll hear it a lot through plenty of people who drive HPD. And you'll probably hear it from me, bitch, about it whenever I do a track day here and there. It is, there's two things going on. Either one, they don't know I'm right behind them on their bumper. Or two, the ego won't allow them to recognize it. Mm. You know what I mean? So, obviously, I am on their bumper so tight on these corners because they're going so slow in the corners. But as soon as it gets straight and I try to pound on the gas, they pound on the gas. And they have more power than me, so I can't pass them. 
And this happened for about two laps. And um, at one point, <laughs> at one point, they were going so slow in the corner, um, my car didn't even have to be anywhere near the actual race line. And I pretty much kind of like, uh, you know, when you're in traffic and you put one hand on the steering wheel, the other hand, like kind of like on the window seal and on your head. Yeah. You know, you kind of lean your arm into your head like you're sitting in class board. Yeah, that's was like a couple corners for me <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Just coasting it on the trick. It it was it was a little bit frustrating, and then as soon as the corner was done, they hammer on the gas, and I can't pass them. Uh, so about two laps in, I you know obviously I'm gonna like okay if I can't pass them in this lap, I'm gonna pit and create some space. So I f- I get. I get to a point where I'm going to exit out the corner with a lot more speed than I normally do. And I just push it really hard through and I'm finally able to pass them. And mind you, this was a, a safe, but forceful pass. They did not lift for me at all. Um, I was finally just able to kind of make my way through safely and and around them. Um, I got one lap in, which I was glad to see. I got a 158. Because by that time, so many people had a, uh, so many people of the faster people had gone so far ahead of her, that I had a lot of space after I passed her. And that's when you ran out of gas. Yeah, I got one lap in, and as I was about to take another one, I just hear uh, hear the tone come on, look down, and I'm on E, and I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> it was weird too when I saw you back at the garage early. Yeah, I pulled in and it was so low on gas. I was like, that is not safe. That's a big, you know, rookie mistake in my part. And I put gas and just parked it. And I was like, well, that was a wash. (laughs) Which, I mean, maybe it's for the better. If I would have been, you know, flat out that entire time out there, I definitely would have ran out. And I would have had to pit early anyways because I made the mistake of, you know, forgetting about the gas, basically. <clears throat> but yeah, that was session three. <laughs> when we get to the download meeting, so I have, I've never really been called out at any download session for, you know, unsafe passing or bad decision making out there or anything like that. You know, like I, I am the type where I get point buys and if I don't feel comfortable, I just back off of it. Not a big deal to me. I, I don't mind waiting for the next corner or the next straight, you know, the next couple corners for the next straightaway to pass. Especially at Auto Club, for the most part, if they're not trying to drag race you like this car was, you know, you can do it, you know? You can you can pass them on, on a couple of the big straights. Uh, but they didn't call me out specifically, But they were talking about uh, seating positions, you know, how people were holding their hands and leaning really far into turns and everything. And they mentioned that they saw they said that they saw somebody out there driving with one hand and like kind of like leaning on the window. (laughs) And there was another guy there that's like, oh, I think that was me. I did that on the street or whatever, you know. And I was like, no, I think I did too because, like I said, when I got stuck behind this car, it was literally so slow that I I think I was going through a couple turns at like 30 miles an hour, Manny. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, it was really, really, really slow. 
And so I was like, yeah, I got stuck behind a car that was drag racing me on the streets. And as soon as I got it to a corner, I couldn't safely pass in a, well, I can't pass in the corner on HPD2. And the instructor kind of had an idea who you were talking about, too. Yeah, as soon as I kind of, he asked what car, and I told him, and he's like, oh, yeah. And he kind of said something about, we'll talk after this, but no, no need to. They weren't even at the download meeting, so that means they weren't going to the last session. Yep. So that was uh, fun. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I, like I said, I kind of hit the time I wanted to in the beginning of the day. And at the end of the day, you even improved more on that. Yeah. So last session of the day, last one out, even more people left. I think there was only, shoot, what was there, like um, seven cars maybe only? Yeah, I'm going to say like seven. There was only maybe seven or eight cars on this big old track for us. And the majority of them thought they were slow and you were the only one that thought was fast. Yeah, so the <laughs> so the slow and fast lines, everybody was on the right hand side, which was like I I'm a I'm the slower lane or whatever, and I got on the left and I was the only one there that gritted myself for the fast side, and uh, the the <laughs> the grid workers were uh, fucking with me saying, "Hey, you want to go last, right?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I saw that all happen too. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I'm like from a distance I can't hear what they're saying but just judging how alone you are and then how they were all together and everything and then these guys like just looking back into each other and just making hands because that kind of is like I, th- I think they're trying to talk shit on Tony because he's all alone. No, they're, they're funny, man. They were funny. They were having a they were having a good old time. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, you think you're fast, huh?" I'm like, "Well, I just think I'm fast." <laughs> so they, they were just cracking jokes the whole time it was it was good it was funny but uh i think because there was nobody there like normally my last session i just want to kind of practice the line work and go home f- happy you know what i mean yeah but given how little little people there were i i kind of decided i was gonna push it one last time <laughs> And I was able to drop to one uh, 157.4. Oof. And pretty much all of my times were, for that last session, were consistently under two minutes. So I was at 158, 158, 157.7, 0.6, you know? I was finally getting really, really consistent times. The only times I got like um, a little bit over two minutes was when I had to pass some of the other cars. Yeah. I, I still kind of went around and ended up back to the tail end and having to pass a couple of the cars. Yeah. But even with those, I think all of them except for like two laps, I still did better than my previous PB, even with having to pass one, one or two cars. Yeah. So... Crap, I was slow as hell before, I guess. <laughs> I can't. I, I uh, mean, you know, you, you stopped being a sissy. I think that's part of it. I don't know if that accounts for all of the time, but that's definitely, definitely part of it. So I'm now entering in closer to 135, and I'm holding close to or above 130 through the whole bank now. 
At one point, I saw 140, 141, and I got a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tried to keep my myself focused on at least 130. Yeah. Again, I still dropped underneath it here and there, but that that's kind of more or less my medium I was trying to aim for. And obviously, the some of the line work I stole from John helped <laughs> helped out a lot. <laughs> so it it was a great day. I like I said, I was ecstatic. I had my aspirations was only the sub two or two minutes, you know. Yeah. So I I exceeded that, and I was excited to do so. Nice. And uh, you got to do a little bit. That's when you finally kind of went through and started to check out different uh, different viewing areas. locations, yeah. right? Yeah, viewing locations, little you know, different areas and stuff. And yeah, I definitely saw some really amazing looking cars and how they're built. Yeah. Well, you'll see some that are full custom out oh, there yeah. too. Oh yeah, if I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. And uh, how was the? How would you say like the viewing? Did you get to go to the bleachers at all or? No, I didn't do the bleachers because it's just one straight and that's it. Yeah, yeah, okay. So just to watch like the infield side. Yeah. I mean, they did announce that only people can go up to the bleachers if you're doing headphones and talking to the driver. And I was just like in my head, like, should I just bust a tow meter and just tell him, he's like, make a left turn. <laughs> go in the outside and just make you lose the race. Well, there's no race. <laughs> I know, but like bust a tow meter. Yeah, it's all it's all left turns. Yep, left turn. <laughs> well, yeah. So that was like uh, that was the end of the day, and I finally remembered to get my NASA logbook signed. <laughs> I I did hear you talk about that. I always forget. I still the only signature I have in there was from my very first event with Jaime. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like Damn. I always forget that thing. Well, it happens. Whatever. I, I, like I said, it's not like I'm planning to move up to HPD three anytime soon. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a while, anyways. But whatever. <laughs> I got I got at least one more in there now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's kind of how the day finished. So, like at the end of it, did you get? I know, unfortunately, we didn't get to get you out there on the track, but you kind of, at least now, you kind of know, the, I guess, the system. You know what I mean? You yeah. Can, that's the, the typical system that they do when you have the grid, be there early, you do the download meetings, right? Um, I know we didn't do it super extensively, but you kind of saw the track prep that me and John did. I did. Uh, we, you know, we ran the cars, checked our tire pressures after. Yep. Torqued down our lug nuts, right? We we watched our tire to make sure it didn't look like it was scrubbing too far in the sidewall. Yep. You know, it just some general things just to kind of get going, you know? Yeah. And now you've kind of at least been out to your first big track day. Yeah. And just seeing everything, I'm I'm excited and nervous for my if I can finally do my first track event for June, July. But the good kind of nervous. Yeah. And you saw quite a bit of your platform, right? Yeah, there was a lot of S550s there. <laughs> you know, I that, that kind of makes me happy, to be honest. Like I said, the car is built very well. It, it handles very, very well. And I've always been kind of surprised that, 
you don't see them out there as much. And yeah, I was kind of shocked by how many there was out there this time. Yeah, definitely. Which is, like I said, that's fucking, that's cool. That's what like kind of like boost my, my confidence just seeing more of my platform there too. Yeah, because you know that it's it's performing out there. Exactly. It's, it's safe out there. It's performing out there. It's doing well out there. And you'll have a good amount of people to kind of get information from. Yeah. You know, pull, hey, what kind of parts did you use for this? Hey, I'm trying to do this, you know? And you'll you'll have some wealth of knowledge there at least. Definitely, definitely. Which is, it's awesome, dude. That's, that's really awesome. And, uh... Who knows? Maybe start getting pretty quick later. I was surprised to find out uh, there was that one in, that we shared the garage with. You know, it had some crazy arrow and stuff on it. And yeah, some that, sticky tires. That, that one actually looked really nice. Found out he's mechanically 100% stock. Really? Yep. 10-speed auto. Damn, then that's just loud as fuck then. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he just has a crazy nasty exhaust. Maybe some long tubes or something. But My idea was just that he had power because that's how loud it was. But nope. No, no. He's he's pretty much OEM. And I think he actually placed. Oh, he was doing time. Yeah, time. he was doing time trials. And I think he placed. He got beat out by the uh, Dodge Viper. Ooh. Wait, which one? Uh, the orange one, the Torco. Oh, the orange one. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw that one. The Torco? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got beat out by him and not by much. And there's a pretty big horsepower gap. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there is. <laughs> so, like, that kind of, to me, that already shows, like, okay, this guy came out here with a super reliable stock motor. He did some aero. Probably some suspension and some good tires and brakes. And he's competitive. Stock. Yeah. That's, man, that's pretty badass. <laughs> so, you got some aspirations. <laughs> I do, I do. And, th- and it's cool to see that there's so many out there. So, you'll, you'll have some good information to pick off of. I look forward to it. Definitely, definitely. But, uh, well... With that, Manny, let's uh, call this an episode. Yeah. Why don't you tell them where they can find us? Yeah, you can definitely find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at UnacceptedPod. And we do have a website at UnacceptedPod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review anywhere you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to send an email, got a question, anything at all, you can email us at UnacceptedPodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Let's get some Carl's Jr. topics. Yeah. <laughs>